everybody <laughs> welcome to gutter trash episode 275 hip-hop family tree by ed pisker my name is eric i'm jason <laughs> oh hi oh hi jason <laughs> <laughs> it's sunday afternoon we were thinking about suiting up and playing football but we decided to come here and do this instead <laughs> We we haven't watched the room in a while. Nope, not and since four uh, months ago. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for some reason, we're both in a very <laughs> Tommy was Tony was so Tommy Tommy was so kind of mood. Yeah, yeah. No explanation for it, <laughs> right? Sometimes it's it just happens. Right. Yeah. There's probably treatment, but, <laughs> but there's not a film treatment. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you read the novelization of the room? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Would you read the comic book adaptation drawn by Ed Pisker? <laughs> Double absolutely. Yeah, really? I know, right? Because <laughs> we were talking about last night, uh, Eric has read the novelization of the film Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true. And I, so I couldn't imagine... Like, I can imagine a comic version. Right. I was like, man, it seems like that's the kind of thing that needs specific visuals attached and not left up to your imagination because of how ridiculous and kind of campy and yeah. awesome it is. Yeah. But, I mean, okay. you know, it's been decades since I read it, so right. it's not like I remember it too well. Right. You know, I've, I've definitely seen the movie more than I have read the novelization. And you saw the movie first, right? I saw the movie okay. first, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those things where, uh, I don't know if your school did this, but uh, you would get, like, catalogs for, for books. Oh, yeah. To, uh -huh. to just order and then buy. And uh, one of them was the Spaceballs novelization. Right. So I said, I like that movie. Right. You're like, maybe I can finally glean some insight into the in-depth character that is <laughs> Pizza the Hut. Because <laughs> usually the novels right, yeah. delve a little... They had some extra stuff. Really? Uh -huh. Okay. I think about Pizza the Hut. Wow, even. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I might be on board. Because <laughs> every time I watch that movie, Pizza the Hut is one of the most memorable right. visuals. And I think I watched it with Doogie very recently, like a couple months ago. And I remember when that scene came on, I was like, I was kind of hungry. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? He kind of looks delicious. <laughs> and Doogie said, I don't know. He's like, he looks fucking disgusting. And I was like, it looks like Pizza Hut pizza. You know? I mean, with eyeballs and a mouth. That's exactly what it looks like. It, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, I, yes, I own the novelization for Spaceballs. <laughs> right. Do you remember who wrote it? Was it Alan Dean Foster? He did a lot of novelizations. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, next time I go to my parents' house, I'll see if I can find it there. Okay, it's like in storage. Uh, I think it's in my old bedroom. Yeah, in my old desk. Wow. Uh, I think I had the novelization for the Batman movie as well, and uh, Batman Returns. Oh, the okay, like the Tim Burton ones. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. 
Nice. And uh, some other stuff, like some choose-your-own-adventures or whatever. Oh, I loved choose-your-own-adventure books. I loved them. Pretty great. Like, I, we always used to take them on our, uh, our, our my mom's brother, my uncle. That's how it works. Because <laughs> I, I just read this family tree book, so I'm starting <laughs> to understand how this thing works. Uh, but he lived in Franklin, which is meh, half an hour from here. Sure. So, so uh, on the rides, we would always take Choose Your Adventure books, me and my brother, and see if we could get killed before we got to my uncle's house. Right. You know? So that was always Pray. fun. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of wish that, you know, we would actually have gotten killed, but we settled for the character we were reading about getting killed. <laughs> my uncle was not an awesome person to visit. Sorry. Yeah. Right. He, I think I may have told this story in here before, but he had some sort of back issues where uh, he needed electric shocks to stimulate muscles in his back. Okay. And he would sneak up on us and stick the wires from his back thing, like, while we were playing or whatever. He would sneak up behind us and, like, shock us with it. And it was, like, a shock. I mean, it wasn't, right, right. It wasn't like, a tingle. No, yeah. Like, I remember it not fondly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> and he would laugh. Of course. I think my aunt would laugh. Yeah. yeah. And they would go to church. Yeah. They did now? No, they're still alive. Oh, okay. I actually talked to him last week. He called oh, okay. yeah. He called looking for my mom, and since, since you know, I'm Chris Elliott from the show Get Alive, <laughs> uh, I answered the phone. <laughs> I totally, totally... We will am. talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I've even got a bicycle and an Arium cassette of green. <laughs> but yeah, I talked to my uncle, and yeah, it was all right. We're over it now. He doesn't do the electric shock therapy anymore. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hip-hop family tree. <laughs> Hip-hop family tree. Uh, all right. So uh, we talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, this is actually a free comic that you can read online. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, you pay... 25 bucks. 25 bucks for this. Yeah. I figured I'm not working. <laughs> I might as well. <laughs> Why read it online for free? <laughs> uh, well, to be fair... There is apparently a, a lot more of this online than is in this book. Yeah. And because uh, I mentioned last week that I've read some of this. Mm -hmm. I've not read a single thing that is in this book. Oh, really? Okay. Because it goes on quite a bit. Yeah. Because I, 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 before I bought this, I'd read a little bit online just to see what it was about. Right. And yeah, none of the stuff I read was in here either. I think I read around the time where the Beastie Boys were yeah, falling. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I definitely saw the Beastie Boys, and when I flipped through this, I went, you know, before I purchased it, I saw, I probably saw a picture of of Rick Rubin, and I was like, oh, there they are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so the, there is quite a bit, and I will say, I think twenty five bucks is a little pricey for this book. It's a little pricey. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's an oversized. It's oversized. It's cool because it's a Fanographics Treasury Edition. It looks just like the old Marvel Treasuries, right, yeah. except for it's it's definitely thicker than an old Marvel yeah, Treasury. It's about 120 pages long, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
which for 25 bucks that's still it's yeah i think it's the oversized yeah. nature of it and being a smaller publisher i don't know i feel like if marvel put this out it would be 35 dollars. oh i'm sure but marvel is notorious for just right ripping people yeah. off yeah. dc too and i'm so used to purchasing stuff at mavericks where trades are 25 percent off all the time right um and manga too uh but i bought this i figured you know, like like I have a Hank Williams senior box set oh. that I bought uh, when I was in Nashville once on vacation because I, I fucking love Hank Williams. And sure. It, it just came out, and I happened to be driving. I was actually driving to Alabama, but I was like, can we stop with my cousin? I was like, can we stop? I don't just talk to my car. And it's like, right, can we yeah. stop? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, can we stop in uh, Nashville so I can buy this fucking... I've never been to Nashville, and right. I, I'm like, this thing just came out. And I was like, how awesome would that be? Right. And I went to the uh, Ernest Tubb record store and bought the Hank Williams box set. And I was like, how fucking perfect is that? Right. So I bought this at the Hip Hop Epicenter in Kentucky. (laughs) 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 Which, it was regular price. They don't do 25% off in Kentucky. Um, I'm going to go ahead and spoil my review for this book right now. Mm-hmm. Is that I would be interested in purchasing this book. Yeah. And I would be interested in purchasing Volume 2. Yeah. Uh, But I'm going to wait until I can find it at a cheaper price. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Mavericks could get... I mean, it'd be like 18 bucks at Mavericks. Right. That's not too bad. Yeah, uh, yeah I might check uh, In Stock Trades, which is a, a subsidiary of the Discount Comic Book Service. Right. Which is my monthly comic uh, mail order service. That's that true. I get about 30 to 40% off of every book. So that'd be cool. So that would be cool. I'll keep an eye for Volume 2 when, uh, when that gets uh, released. If it gets released, I hope it gets released. I hope so. Because this book does not end. No. This covers 1970-something through 1981. Yeah. Yeah. So so we are just at the uh, the tip of the iceberg right. of the... Uh, we are we are the, the tippy-top branch. Or wait, we're, we're at the trunk? We're at the roots? <laughs> where are we? Uh, or if if uh, this roots, was a tree, where the, are we? The roots were more of a 90s band to present. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Currently, uh, the house Fallon. band. Of right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know how. Fam- I've never looked at a act- like I couldn't care less about anyone in my family older right. than my grandparents. Right. Um. Because I've never met them. So fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. Um. So I've what never- if you have like royalty in your in your <laughs> right? Family. That's very likely. <laughs> They just all moved to Kentucky and became white trash. Right. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Like, let's hide our gold in this well and live in the hollers. <laughs> no one will know. Maybe in like 2014, some upstart will figure it out on his podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how the family tree works. Yeah, like, uh, I, I guess you would start at the. Base. I would imagine, right? Because yeah. the branch off from that. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So, so yeah, so we're getting the, uh, the, 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 the roots and the base of the, the tree here. Right. And then slowly, as the the young sapling grows into uh, what we know of it now, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, I'm gonna say, not really a fan of hip hop. Yeah, especially modern day. Yeah, well, I I think some of it's good. Some of it can be really good, right? Yeah, but but there is a ton of crap out there. I think that I think that can be said of all genres because well, sure, I think every genre of music that I like 
my favorite era is like the 90s like maybe it's because that's when i was really into music right and like i started exploring things a little more well see i would say that the 90s are my least favorite era for hip-hop really yep really yep huh that is when i was just totally against it yeah yeah i think my interest in it basically stopped at around like 1992 okay and then like just from there to modern day, right? Like I could care less. <laughs> wow, see that's my favorite era. Yeah, it really is. I don't think I. Okay, yeah. Let's before we talk about this book, let's talk about our hip hop family tree. <laughs> right? Like, uh, like how either one of us, because I think we've said before many times, we're more of metal dudes. Yeah, we are rock and roll. Yeah, like, we're you know, totally metal. We're totally. We're so metal. <laughs> Uh, I just discovered, or not discovered, but you know, I just heard a, a band I was unaware of before uh, this past week. A uh, metal band. A metal band. A Japanese metal band. Oh. A Japanese black metal band. What? Yeah. With saxophones and keyboards. Of course. <laughs> and they're kind of awesome. Yeah? They're called Psy. Psy? Like S-A-I? Yeah. No, like S-I-G-H. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. And because we know that I have a fond uh, appreciation <laughs> of sighing, right? I said, "Let's check this out." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the lyrics are in Japanese. Uh, no, they're in English. Okay. Well, I mean, English it's black metal, so English. you can't really fucking tell okay. at all, right? But I've I heard some English words here and there. Wow. Well, yeah. Okay. I have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, you sounds fun. Yeah. Saxophone and black metal, right? If if every black metal band had a saxophone player, there'd be less murders, you know. <laughs> Probably. Less church burnings. Yeah. But also, then, you wouldn't be able to pick out the one unique one. Though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, anyway. So, so that's, yeah. that's not hip-hop. No, that's the furthest thing from yeah. <laughs> Um. So, yeah, let's talk about how we, we learned of hip-hop. Well, I'm going to say that I learned of hip-hop probably the way most people my age did. And that is Run DMC's cover of Walk This Way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, that's pretty metal and pretty hip hop. That's true. <laughs> it doesn't get more metal than Aerosmith. <laughs> There's bullet belts and face paint. <laughs> Joe Perry burned down, I don't know how many churches down. <laughs> uh, what year was that? Do you know? Uh, 80. Yeah, somewhere in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I would say, probably the first, air quotes, hip-hop right. that, yeah. that, I, that I at least saw, like, a face to. Because right. I, I know some kids at school had uh, hip-hop CDs. Like, I know I heard Sugar Hill Gang, not in the 70s, but, you know, in the 80s. And I, I know I heard old Sir Mix-a-Lot, like, previous to baby got back like right. like posse's on broadway and i heard some of that stuff in school but like you know i never held a cassette or a cd or saw a video until probably run dmc right like it's tricky and walk this way and um i think the first hip-hop cassette i keep wanting to say cd but right <clears throat> first hip-hop cassette i owned i believe was uh dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Pretty sure that's the first one I owned. Mine was Young MC, Bust a Move. Nice. Yeah. That's a good one. <clears throat> uh, like the single? The, no. The, the whole uh, album. The whole album, yeah. Which which was kind of great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... 
Okay, so my my musical taste uh, as a as a as a chitlin was basically um, the monkeys and Weird Al, <laughs> right? And then whatever my parents would listen to, which was NWA and Ghetto Boys, and that's how you get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you know, like uh, Chicago, <laughs> right? Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so basically, like, so while I heard whatever was on the radio, like top forty, you know, that that was pretty much just my experience with hip hop, right? Uh, until you know, I uh, started watching Yo MTV Raps. Oh yeah, <laughs> with uh, Ed Lover and Fab Five Freddy. Not the same Fab Five Freddy in the comic. No, well, for me. When I started watching it, it was Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. Oh. But not the Dr. Dre. Right. right. <laughs> that uh, everybody else knows. <laughs> That's, isn't that weird? Uh-huh. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, well, which, you know... Oh, okay. Uh, no, oh, no, 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 you go ahead. Because I might tangent on this. Okay, I was just going to say, you know, there's actually a thing in the book where uh, we, we are introduced to a character named Mixmaster Mike. Yeah. And it's so uh, not. You know, not from the, the right. Beastie Boys. And I... Could swear I read at least two or three other character name or people in right. the book who had names to Jazzy Jeff. There's a Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff. Jeff, right? Yeah. And I was like, is that? Right. He doesn't <laughs> like with the Mixmaster Mike. He says this is not right. the Beastie Boys one, but with Jazzy Jeff, he does not say. But it's not. It is not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because so, he's like ten years too old to be Jazzy Jeff. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, it could have been around forever. Who knows? Uh, oh, it definitely was. I okay, actually, because right. I was like thinking the same thing, and I was like, "What?" And I looked it looked up, it up okay. and there was actually like, I guess later on, Jazzy Jeff wasn't even allowed to call himself Jazzy Jeff, like Fresh Prince's buddy. Uh-huh. Um, like I think he's just like DJ something Jeff or something. Okay. So yeah, like he got sued over that or right. something. But that like that reminds me of something that Ed Pisker says in his. And the amazing, like, afterward, uh-huh. uh, which is one of the best parts of the comic, I think. Um, he, he, uh, he talks about how, like, his two loves are hip hop and comics, and this is why he did this book. Right. And, and, like, all the parallels there. He says they're both, like, American art forms. Um, he remembers them both starting in, like, urban, like, New York. Right. Like, you know, like, there's even an awesome picture of Daredevil and Spider Man, like, hanging out with, I don't know who, at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some beatboxers but uh and and then like he talks about um the uh alter egos yeah and and like that kind of reminds me of like well you know if somebody that wasn't that into comics saw you know jay garrick flash and then they saw wally west flash they're like well these two guys are both named flash but they're different guys i don't get right, it. Yeah. like it's the same kind of thing it's like there's jesse jeffs and you know <laughs> green lanterns and you know it's so weird it is weird yeah yeah and I love that he talks about too, like first appearances, how uh, like collecting first appearances of of, of rappers he likes oh, yeah, yeah. is kind of like collecting first appearance of superheroes because they're usually not like in their own book or in their own record. They're like right. guesting on somebody's. I was like, wow, that is a really cool parallel. Yeah, like Dr. Dre was in some other band where he he actually wore like a stethoscope around his neck and a, like a doctor a white doctor's robe right. when he was Dr. Dre he was like a little cheesier and some other I forget what the group was called but I could also swear that he was and this is just personal probably misremembering mismere- mm-hmm. uh, I think he was in like a kind of a like a really clean cut like 
kind of cheesy rap group and before oh, yeah. he went on. I'm pretty sure that's what, like, because I saw an image online, and I'm pretty sure <clears throat> they were very clean clucking. Yeah, clean, clean cut, cut and cheesy looking. Yeah, yeah. And he had that like stethoscope around his neck. Okay, yeah. all right, so it was from that. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> I forget what it was called. It was like, ah, yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. But, because I've never, uh, I'll go on record, I've never been a big Dr. Dre or NWA fan. Um, like, I remember hearing NWA and the Ghetto Boys when I was a kid because my neighbor <laughs> friends who were a few years older than me really liked them. Right. And I was like, but they say bad words and talk about drugs. <laughs> DJ Jet, Fresh Prince talks about f- hanging out with Freddie. Him and the Fat Boys, they both love Freddie. Yeah, <laughs> like that's about as like dark as right. the rap that I listened to got. Uh, and that's probably part of the reason why I uh, never totally got into hip hop mm-hmm. was because my parents wouldn't let me. Right, because like they know of. Of the gangster rap and things. Right, yeah, like, you know, just all the news reports about, you know, right. how bad it is. and you So know, they figure it's all probably bad. Exactly. As parents do. Because parents just don't understand. They do not. <laughs> Take it from me. <laughs> A butterfly collar. <laughs> my mom ruined my rap. I mean, she said I was only 16, I didn't have a rap yet, but I was like, Mom... <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah, so it wasn't until like your home TV raps became a thing that I actually started getting into it. Which but even like, then, I still never owned any albums or any cassettes, really. Right. Outside of like Young MC and MC Hammer and LL Cool J. Tone Loke? No. I had, I had Tone Loke. I looked after dark on delicious vinyl. I did, uh, I got a Tone Loke single, uh, at my brother's wedding. Ooh. Funky uh, Cold Medina? Or uh, Wild, Wild Thing? Maybe in Funky Cold Medina. I was actually talking with Doogie about Funky Cold Medina the other day. Um, I can't remember. Like, I remember that, you know, Wild Thing has a sample of, I think it's uh, Janie's, Thing? Janie's Crying, okay. the Van Halen yeah. riff. But Funky Cold Medina, I think, has a, a Kiss riff. I haven't looked it up. Like, it's one of those things, like, I'm trying to remember or right. talk to someone who remembers. I don't want to cave in and Google it. But I'm pretty sure it's a, a Kiss riff. That, that he samples, but I can't remember what song it is. Um, yeah, I can't. Couldn't tell you. The first person that emails us and tells us, yeah. I will draw you a picture of Tone Loke. There you go. Or a member of Kiss. Or a picture of Tone Loke as a member of Kiss. Then <laughs> <laughs> send it to you. Oh, I kind of want to find that out for myself now. And mail it. That would be awesome because then I wouldn't have to pay postage if, you, right, if yeah. you win. <laughs> Yeah, if you find out before anyone else, I'll give it to you. Right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, I was at my brother's wedding, and the DJ, uh, uh, you know, the DJ was Tone Look. The DJ, uh, <laughs> he uh, he he threw out a, a trivia question, and uh, the the prize for answering it correctly was the. Uh, single for it was either funky that's awesome or a wild thing and that's I awesome. up and answered and i got it that's cool yeah. do you remember what the question was uh it, it was what is tone no tone Loke's real name oh and you knew i knew oh yeah. my god i i couldn't tell you what it is now it's right. tony something right tony loco <laughs> <laughs> oh wow that's that's pretty awesome yeah yeah uh so yeah so so right around like 88 87 88 
through like 91 that's when i was big into yo mtv raps. yeah me too it was on after schools yeah like yeah. At, like around 3 34 something yeah, like that like practically all the weekend yeah yeah uh, and then the uh, 91 you know nirvana came around and the black album was released right. and i changed my ways right <laughs> but when did uh okay when did didn't bring the noise the version with anthrax right on? That came out in like ninety, right? Ninety, ninety one, <clears throat> something like that. Like yeah. it was the early nineties. It wasn't eighties, right? Because I think I heard that before I ever bought a Public Enemy cassette. Mm -hmm. Like I think I after I heard that I, I bought the one with Bring the Noise, and right. it, it also had like Don't Believe the Hype. Um, yeah. I forget what it's called. See, I was a fan of Public Enemy before I was ever a fan of Anthrax. Really? Yep. See, I was the opposite. Yeah. I, I loved uh, Fear of a Black uh, Fear of a Black Planet yeah. and. Uh, uh, Nation of Millions. Yeah, that's the one that yeah. I bring always takes a Nation of Millions. Um, but I remember I actually bought after after I got into that, like I bought that like that cassette, and I didn't like it nearly as much as the Anthrax version. Like right. I was like, well, it's kind of cool, right, right? And then like I liked it, and like I even ended up I was at a Trader's World flea market, like the biggest white trash, like uh, you know, uh, Rebel Flag Belt Buckle type place. Sure. And, I have ever been to, and I found the Public Enemy T-shirt and I bought it. And I remember, like, I wore it to like my freshman year of high school, and like all the black dudes were like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I like Public Enemy," but I was thinking, like, yeah, I mostly like them because you know Anthrax. they jam with Anthrax. Right, yeah. Yeah. I will say, I like the Anthrax version better. It's superior. Yeah, there's more guitars. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do also remember. Uh, 1990 was a pretty uh, big year for me as far as hip-hop goes, because I heard a song, which I think is the song we're going to listen to on the break. Um, so this is a little backstory. Um, we were, we had like a, I think it was, I think it was like 13, so it was probably my freshman year of high school or my, like, you know, eighth grade year at a middle school, but we had an assembly and there was like this movie they showed. I couldn't tell you what the movie was about. I have no idea. Like it wasn't a movie. It was like a, like something they had to show kids to like get them off drugs or something like right. that. Uh, but there was this song in the movie, and I was like, "That is so awesome!" Like, who is this? It was a rap song, and I, I remember watching the credits at the at the end of the movie, and it said it was a song called. Uh, I think it was. I think. I forget what the song is called, actually. It's on the CD, but it was by the DOC. Uh -huh. um, and uh, and I was like, that is so awesome. And I went out and I bought that cassette. <laughs> and that was the first rap album I ever owned that was like anything like heavier or darker than like DJ Jazzy Jeff. Right. So like that was like a huge <laughs> like eye opener for me. Yeah. Um, and of course, you never did drugs. <laughs> and I had never done drugs <laughs> until a year later. <laughs> But, uh, but like the DOC was, a, he was a dude that actually, he wrote a lot of songs for NWA. Okay. And, uh, Dr. Dre and Easy E produced his, his record. Okay. Um, but he, like his record was, it was like a good middle ground because he didn't rap about gangster shit and he didn't throw around a lot of expletives, but it was like heavy, you know, like, like he had that style that was a little in your face and, right. and uh like at least more so than he actually his 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 voice kind of reminds me of the fresh prince's voice um until the year after his solo album came out he got in a car wreck and it like crushed his larynx yeah. and uh like years and years larynx. later yeah 
right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, years later, he got some surgery and ended up trying to put more CDs out, but like I guess his voice was never the same. And right. So, so yeah, that'll fuck someone up. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Like if that's your career too, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like if our career, you know, our career would be crushed if our hands were mauled. I mean, how would we masturbate exactly. and click mouses to do the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why I went into this so much backstory. But uh, but, no, I was, no, but but like that was like a huge moment for me as far as opening my eyes to other hip hop. Right. Um. Uh, for me, what what uh, got me into like and again like you know I stopped basically listening to it when I discovered metal. Right. But because uh, <laughs> it's superior. Yeah. Uh. But like you know, for me, the the one thing that always kept me coming back. Like at least, or at least trying something was the first time I ever heard "100 Miles and Running" by N.W.A. Oh wow, really? Uh, like I saw the video for it on on MTV, oh, wow. and I was just like, "This song is fucking great!" Right. And uh, you know, so I always try to keep an ear out for something like that, you know, right. like here and there. And then I'm not a huge N.W.A. fan, but you know, like, like they have a couple of good songs that I love. And right. You know, uh, you know. Uh, basically, I'm looking for the metal version of rap, <laughs> right? Just something really heavy and yeah. hard, and, and uh-huh. you know, yeah. I can see that. Uh, but you know, like I said, most hip hop and then rap that I've heard is just all noises and just you know people going, "Ugh!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's there's no skill in that. You're talking about like newer stuff, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's like you know the they're barely they're not rhyming you know or they're going out of their way to force a rhyme it, it, it seems like that's like definitely the like poppy it's, yeah. it's like the pop equivalent of like it's just like shitty bubblegum hip-hop like yeah. gang- gangster stuff but i i do think like jay-z fucking amazing jay-z is really good yeah yeah uh i mean <laughs> there was a day i was uh driving home and uh 99 problems came on on my mp3 player and I, was, I had my phone in my hand, and I was, like, just kind of fucking around with it. And, right. uh, like, I accidentally called someone <laughs> while I had problems with playing on my stereo. You're like, yo, check out this joint, dog. <laughs> They're like, Eric Sean Bourne? <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, uh, I've only done karaoke three times in my life. And one of them was 99 Problems by Jay-Z. Nice. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I worked with Jeremy Anderson at Mavericks Cards and Comics for a, a good chunk of my life. Did you? I did. Huh. And it's he, the first I've heard of this. Yeah. <laughs> and he uh, he totally turned me on to some hip-hop that I fucking love, like Tribe Called Quest. And, oh, I love Tribe Called Quest. And The Roots. Um, I got no problem with The Roots. Well, I, I haven't roots. listened to a ton of them. I think you played a CD once when we were driving to Chicago. Yeah. And I really liked it, but never really explored any more than that. I, I love them. They're they're probably my favorite hip-hop group. Yeah. Um, and, like, they're super nerdy, too. Like, all I love that all of their albums, like, their first album, like, the track list is 1 through 12, and the second one's, like, 13 through 20. And, like, now they're on, like, I forget, like, I don't know, 100, right. 200 something, you know. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, they're like a nerdy comic book kind of collecting <laughs> thing. Um, <clears throat> and I am missing one of their albums, so I have a hole in my collection. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I love them. They're they're my favorite. Yeah, I like them. I like uh, Travel Quest, De La Soul. De La Soul uh, yeah. You know, I mean, pretty much anything with Q-Tip uh, is, is yeah. pretty great. Yep. 
Uh, Beastie Boys, of course, but there are some people out there who would probably argue that they're not hip-hop. You know, that is weird to me. Like, I understand, like, it's not just because they're white dudes. Like, right. I understand, like, there's, like, a weirdness to them, too. Right. But it's it's fucking hip-hop. Yeah, it is. Of course it is. And just once in a while, they'll throw in an instrumental or a hardcore punk song. <laughs> right. And, like, I wish all hip-hop records were like that. Right. You know? <laughs> Um, well, it goes back to, you know, like the past couple episodes we've been talking about gore. Yeah. Like our favorite albums of theirs are when the, there's like just a weird yeah. sea chanty in <laughs> between like yeah. two metal songs. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like I kind of got burnt out on a lot of albums I owned until I plugged them all into my iTunes shuffle. And right. now I fucking love all of them again because right. I'll hear like Ryan Adams. <laughs> That's Ryan with an R, not a B. Right. Uh, and then like. And then Slayer, and then The Roots, yeah. and then, you know, like, it just switches around, and... Exactly. That is awesome. Yeah. Switch it up, people. Indeed. Diversify. Or I could just listen to one Mike Patton album, because it's like that, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's why he's so awesome. So, yeah, that was uh, Hip Hop Family Tree by Ed Pesker. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, see you next time. There, <laughs> Should we actually talk about the book? We should probably talk about it a little bit. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's kind of hard to. Yeah. Because, like, I really liked it. But this is also the comic book equivalent of a textbook. It is. It totally is. There are names and dates, <laughs> and they happen on every page and every panel. And, 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 like, also, like, I think a huge part of it is, like, not only are we not steeped in hip-hop culture, I mean, we've talked about are very limited, limited yeah. yeah, grasp on it for the last two hours here. Um, <laughs> but, like, this all takes place at a time period when we were four years old or younger. Right. So it's not like we were, like, hip to this as it was happening. Nope. Um, you know, like, DJ Jazzy Jeff is not in this book. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I honestly, my, I, I will throw this out here at the beginning. My only problem with this book, other than it costs a lot of money for me, <laughs> for a poor man, is uh like the first 30 pages i was i was confused oh, like, yeah there were so many names there's like maybe one per panel right like because it's all told in narration right with you know awesome drawings and word bubbles attached but it's all like narrated by it's never dry at least right but there is so much information oh yeah and so many names, and so many names that are similar. Right. Yeah. I know there's a lot, of, there's like two or three grandmasters in this book. Right. right. Um, a bunch of cools with a K. Lots of cools. And of course, almost everybody has a DJ something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Disco Wiz or something like that. Um, I was like, I've never heard of this guy, but I mean, he had, a, like, I think it was, that's an actual name, Disco was. Could be. It was him and Casanova Fly that were spinning records when the blackout happened. Mm -hmm. And like, that was like a huge moment, I think, in, in like getting hip hop out there. Right. Because everybody rioted and like during the blackout and stole all kinds of equipment. And right. There was suddenly, a, like the next weekend, there was like a million parties with DJs. So that was a, a pretty huge moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like that, uh, I, I think maybe the only people I'm familiar with in here before this book is like Run DMC and they're like kids in here, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> they're like reading X-Men comics and, um, them and Cool Modi. Yep. But I know Cool Modi more from like watching him on Arsenio Hall go do like I go to work. Right. And this is, uh, well, I think I go to work is, uh, Big Daddy Kane. 
Oh, that's right. That yeah. is Big Daddy Kane. Yeah. Okay, well, then I don't know Cool Modi at all. <laughs> I I was a big fan of Cool Modi in, like, 89, but uh, I could not tell you one of his songs right now. Is, okay, he's the one that is, like, there's that huge section where he, he's, he like, a rap battle. Yeah, with yeah. Busy B. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and after I read that, it's, like, four pages long where, like, they're just freestyling, like, you know. Insults. In, insults, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I YouTube that, and that is on the web. Really? And there's no video, but it's the audio of that, and right. it is, like, verbatim. Like, I was reading along as he was <laughs> rapping. It's so awesome. That kind of brings me to uh, one thing that I also did not like about this book, mm-hmm. uh, was that uh, I am very unfamiliar with a lot of what is happening in this book. Oh, right. And so, and there is a lot of actual rapping happening on panel. Yeah. And I don't know how it goes. <laughs> right. And I'm not very imaginative when it comes to lyrical lyrical rhyme schemes or anything like that. And so basically I'm just reading words right. and it means nothing <laughs> to me. I had I looked a few things up. Like I actually looked up like Curtis Blows, It's the Bricks. Right. Um, I looked that up and listened to that while I was reading it. And like, yeah, I like a lot of this I read while uh, on on YouTube, like I listened to the sequence, the the three girls, okay, like the red, yeah. yellow, and blue ones. Um, I listened to the Debbie Harry Rapture because I'm sure I'd heard that, but it's been uh, yeah, I've heard years. that. But... So yeah, I mean, I did a lot of listening while I was reading this. Okay, uh, I did not because uh, you know I, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't read and listen to things at the same time. But I suppose it probably should have helped. It, it did. Yeah. It, it did help me, I think. Yeah, but uh, it did make me want to, like you know try to make mental notes to, to go look it up after I was finished reading. Right, yeah. But I have, haven't had the chance yeah. yet. But. Yeah. I mean, there's some really cool characters in here, too, that I've never been familiar with, like uh, Big Bank Hank. Right. And, uh, like, Zulu Nation's Africa Bambata. I'd never heard of... I'd heard of Zulu Nation, but I, I didn't know. I couldn't have told you who Africa Bambata was. Uh, I'm vaguely familiar with Africa Bambata. Um... But yeah, uh, couldn't pick out any one thing. I think, think, think that Rage Against the Machine covered. Uh, oh, really? Is the, uh, that makes the sense. Renegades of Funk. That makes sense. I think that's a African Bambata song. I, I have no idea. Yeah. I I just I really love that scene where like I guess this is a thing where uh, a lot of DJs would have records and people would hear it and they're like, man, I gotta get that break beat and like, right. I'll because I'll be as badass as him and they would like peak while he was DJing, but what African Bambada would do is like soak his records in a, or like soak shitty records in water and right. peel off the labels and then place them on whatever good record he has right. and like get all these DJs, these like biters yeah. to uh, go out and spend their money on these shitty records that have no good beats <laughs> on them. That was awesome. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I gotta say, you know, uh, like for a while, like I, kind of gave like the whole dj electronic sampling kind of thing uh like a bad rap a bad rap indeed but uh like the way like 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 i had never actually thought about that like back back in the 70s when when they were doing this i mean they were doing it manually yeah and, it's and, crazy like, right stringing together you know samples of of just piece of like an actual song on a record right and putting it into another one you know on the fly live in front of people that's crazy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's impressive and like I, it's really interesting that this uh like kind of musical genre sprouted like, around the same time as punk rock in yeah. europe 
Like, this was, like, America's punk rock, kind of. Like, it's just, like, the people making fast music that's, right. like, you know, anybody can do it as long as they just try. Like, that sort of thing. Or as Rick Rubin calls it, black people punk rock. <laughs> that's Richie Rick. That was <laughs> such an awesome page. There's a page that has, like, because usually the pages just continue and continue, but this one right. had, like, a title. I will say this, though. Like, I think because it was uh, online only, uh, initially, like, almost every page is its own story. Yeah. So, like, right. like, cause there's, like, no chapter breaks or anything. Right. But, like, I would just get to the end of a page and stop for the night. Yeah. And then pick it up and, like, and not it flows. be lost. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a couple of sequences, which I honestly, like, I get that that's why he broke it up, because he was initially just doing this, like, a page a week online. Yeah, something like that. But I really did like the sequences the most that had... Multiple um, pages. Yeah, or at least a page or two of the same scene. Right. Um, which, they're few and far between, but there's a scene where, like, Russell Simmons is out of the country, and, like, there's some funny things that happen. Right, right. And, and I, I love those because, um, I mean, he's a really, Ed Pisker's a really good storyteller, but a lot of these, you don't really get a story so much as, like, panel to panel jumps every time. It's right. not, it's not like the same the sequence characters. of events. Yeah. I mean, he is, Telling he is writing a history book, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. I like. I understand. Like, it would take. It would be like this issue would be the size of blankets if right. he had done this. But if every scene was a little more fleshed out, I think it, it would right. be more interesting to me because I I could understand. Like, I could relate to the characters more. And, right. Yeah, and like I said, that that's kind of where the one main flaw this book has is that it's you know, it's a lot of overload. So much. Yeah. yeah. But I honestly think the next issue, Volume Two, will be more like stuff that we're way more familiar with. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm actually way more excited for the second volume. Right. Uh, after reading this, because this is great. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it really is, and and like you learn like a ton about it, and just how screwed people got. Oh like, yeah. Especially in the beginning, when people, well, a like nobody wanted to make a rap record. Yeah. Because it's like, well, everybody's doing it for free on the street. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And then even when someone did do it, like Grandmaster Flash and Africa Mambata and Disco Wiz, they were like, what the fuck? Like, they were going to ruin this. Right. Um, or, or then, like, you know, like like those three guys, especially Grandmaster Flash, because his thing, he wasn't a rapper, he was the DJ. Right. And, like, you know, at, yeah. the, at the beginning of these things, like, it was the DJ who was the star. Yeah. And, like, you know, us growing up, it's always... The MC, that's exactly the star, yeah. and the DJ is just the dude in the background. The DJ is like the drummer, right? Yeah, know? yeah, like the metal drummer. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows that guy's name, right? <laughs> Unless you're a Dave Lombardo or a Neil Peart, right. or a Neil Peart, yeah. or a Danny Carey, or a Lars Yorick, but that's <laughs> only because he's a giant asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you know, like yeah, the, the DJs were the star, like at the beginning of this whole thing, and they couldn't be on the record because, or like the albums, because they. Like the things they were using was copywritten. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the whole Paul's Boutique thing. Like, right. Where they're still being sued. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I like, think towards the end, like uh, Grandmaster Flash at least gets uh, to put out something. Yeah. Which, and like Pisker lists like all the samples that he uses. And uh, like he, he did it live and he did it like in three takes. Right. Yeah. 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 Clearly those guys were amazing artists. Right. You know. That's impressive. And yeah, like I said, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I've always kind of written that thing off, but, like, when you know what has to go into it to be able to do it, like, like yeah, it's impressive. It is, yeah. 
and, and like you know things nowadays like uh, girl talk. Yeah, and, like I love girl talk and rock sugar. Rock well, rock sugar is a little different, I think. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, but they have to mix it together live. Well, yeah, but I mean, they're they're actual musicians, and then you know they're actually just playing, right. you know, rock songs, and usually it's only like two or three songs that they're combining. They yeah, they mash up like. If, if those of you that may not know, they mash up uh, songs together, and it is amazing to me. Like to me, that would be really hard to play live because, like, if you're if you're just like um, playing, you know, "Sweet Child of Mine," and like all of a sudden you have to switch to uh, um, what, what's that Amy Mann song that they oh, uh, hush hush uh, till Tuesday song till Tuesday uh, voices carry voices carry like oh, they Jesus. they mash those up and it's like if. Like if you're playing that live, it would be so hard to transition and not just keep playing the other one. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially so, if like you get in a zone. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're just like you're like, oh yeah, I'm playing this. I gotta go grocery shopping, and all of a sudden you're playing the <laughs> guitar solo of the Sweet Child of Mine. <laughs> like I, that's a real talent too. Oh yeah, yeah. Similar, maybe. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So so I like this book. It's so good, and and his artwork is fucking incredible. Yeah, it is. He is really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially when you think, I mean, the majority of it is just dudes screaming into microphones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or just talking about records. Right. Yeah. 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 And like everybody has a distinct look and like you don't, like I don't get anybody confused other than like some of the names confused. Exactly. But yeah. like everybody has a look and a, <clears throat> Yeah, it's so it's so well done. Yeah, as long as uh, uh, there's a couple of uh, characters, I keep saying characters, but they were real people, right? You know, right. Uh, you know who wear similar clothing or whatever right. that I would get confused on. But uh, like for the most part, though, like you know, yeah, everybody has a distinct look, and he also mentions their name in the panel that they're on too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm always going to recognize uh, whenever Russell Simmons shows. Right. Up. I wanted to talk about that. What the fuck? <laughs> Does he just hate Russell Simmons? I don't know. Because he's like, is that what he actually looks like? I've, I've, no. I mean, like, I've watched interviews with Russell Simmons over the years. Like, I don't, I have, like, he might have a slight lisp, but like, like, I have to, it's like reading uh, an Alan Moore caveman chapter trying to figure out what Russell Simmons is saying in this book. And his, like, eyes are crossed and his tongue is hanging out. I'm like, what the fuck? Is there another Russell Simmons, maybe? Like I don't his, know. I mean, they're both, uh, I like, I know Russell Simmons is related to Run, and uh, in this they mention that's his brother. Right. So I'm like, okay, it's probably him. Right. Like, that's so fucked up. <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, I've never heard him, like, maybe have a slight list. For sure. Right. Maybe. Right. You know? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <in> this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, it is, I mean, the whole book is a cartoon, but it's like there's suddenly this cartoon character. Yeah, like, suddenly, <laughs> like, okay, like, the, the book has, like, a Jackson 5 cartoon feel, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, a character from Fat Albert shows up when, uh, <laughs> when they introduces Russell Simmons. <laughs> I'm like, that's so exaggerated and weird. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I mean, we're also talking about a book that represents Africa Bombada as like twelve feet tall right. and built like the thing. That and uh, Sylvia Robinson, the like record producer, her bodyguard or whatever. Like, there's a there's an image where like she's sitting at her desk, and all you see is this guy, and his hands are like as big as her head. Right. That panel looked so much like a Chester Brown drawing to me, like a ridiculous, exaggerated, cartoony Chester right, Brown. Right. Um. So like, yeah, I wonder if he's got a Chester Brown influence. But I'd say there's there's like a huge, I don't know if it's an influence or just like it reminds me so much of uh, Evan Dorkin's artwork. Like, I get that too, definitely. Yeah. yeah, like they're both like coming from the same place on their style. Like oh, it's, yeah. they jam lines in there, um, but but like it's not so crowded. You don't know what's going on. It's right. just it's super clean. Just but it's also heavily detailed. detailed right, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful and, and like the way it's printed. It looks like a '70s comic, like it's that four-color process, and, and it's on like yellowed paper. Yeah, like, like even newsprint f- feel. Yeah, yeah, all the like, yeah, everything. Like, there's nothing that's white in here. Like, even the the dialogue bubbles have like a stained, right? Like, like you know, just like the the borders of the pages. It, yeah, it just looks like an old '70s '70s book. It's yeah, so cool. Great. It's really good. Yeah, I'm so glad I bought it. I really am. I, I would definitely, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to try to find a cheaper copy, but I definitely want one of my own, for yeah. sure. Uh, but, like, even the stuff after the book is over is still pretty great. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, there's, like, a there's like a three-page comic, right? which yeah, is awesome. How, yeah, we talked about that, about the uh, uh, <laughs> correlation between uh, uh, comics and, uh, and rap. Yeah. Uh, and even a couple page uh, panels drawn by uh, Tom Scioli. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all the fight scenes. Yeah, uh, and then there's like a pretty big index of like uh, discographies and uh, like lists of like breaks and beats. And You're right. Yeah, it's so in depth. He he knows this shit. Yeah, like, oh yeah. He is. He doesn't just have a cursory interest in hip hop. This right. is like he might know more about hip hop than <laughs> than anybody should. Yeah, I think. Uh, <clears throat> I will say this. I know uh, that uh, I have used uh, one of these breaks. Really? In, uh, in something that I've done. Really? If you are a listener of the Viewmasters, you will hear the break from Apache by the Incredible Bongo Band in the theme song. Nice. <laughs> you're, you're a DJ. I'm a DJ. <laughs> and I'm the rapper. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Eric and the poor ass. Broken paper boy. <laughs> but the pinups, though. The pinups are fucking great. Uh, yeah, there's like one, two, three, four, like 11 pinups. Uh, and is that supposed to be Rick Rubin again? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That or Ted Demi, it's the only two white people in the book. Yeah, also Deborah Harry. <laughs> oh, that's true. I don't think that's supposed to be her, though. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, like Jim Mafood. Jim Moffood's is it's, great. It's so good. Yeah. It's of uh, Africa Bambata. <laughs> it's amazing. Obviously, Jeffrey Brown's Beastie Boys is amazing. Right. But I think my favorite one is actually the Nate Powell one. Uh, uh, let's see. Which one is his? Oh, the Jim Rugg one's great, too. Uh, did Jim Rugg do the Vanilla Ice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, it's like nine trading cards of Vanilla Ice uh, in a, in like an actual binder page and everything. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Salt and pepper. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, John Porcelino. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite though is uh, the Snoop Dogg one. Really, the Feral Dar Apple. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, definitely like the uh, the Jim Rugg one is uh, or the Nate Powell one is definitely bolder. It's sweet. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, the uh, Jim Ma food one is pretty great, too. But, uh, no, yeah, I, I just love the way that the Snoop Dogg one looks. Like, the lettering and everything is awesome. Yeah. And then I've never heard of uh, the guy that did the Run DMC one, Zet Walk or something. He's great. Like, I would love to check out more stuff by that guy. Dan Zet Walk. Yeah, it's awesome. And there's a Fat Boys by Tom Seale. That's pretty awesome. Where they're battling Freddy. Yeah. And uh, KRS-One by Brandon Graham. Yeah, that one's cool. Yeah, I'm not a huge Brandon Graham fan, but uh, I would actually say I'm pretty anti-Brandon Graham. Oh. But uh, that looks actually really good. Yeah, I love it. He's awesome. Yeah. Don't listen to DJ Jazzy Eric on this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but you know, I'm kind of excited because uh, like three of the people that did pinups are going to be at Space, oh, and, then, nice. and then like two of them and Ed Pisker are going to be at the show we're doing in uh, Fort Wayne. Oh, Appleseed, sweet. So I'm going to try to get this book signed like a motherfucker. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Damn it. I kind of wish I uh, could get one of my own before then. Well, if, if not, well, I guess I could buy Appleseed. Yeah, you could buy Appleseed. Plus, I think everybody that's going to be at Space is also at Appleseed. Okay. Nice. Like, I know, like, John Porcelino and Nate Powler at both. Right. I just figure if I'm going to be behind a table, I'm going to try to get some at both. Right. So, yeah. so I'm not, like, running around. At... Well, you know, you, you're going to have your, uh, your, your man on the scene uh, there at Appleseed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what you're gonna do. That's what I'm gonna be. But, but it, like, it's kind of fun. Like, oh, for me, sure, absolutely. Like, I'd rather get the. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll uh, you know watch oh, your table okay. for oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant you would go get them signed. No, like, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, that would like, be super like, cool. Listen, I, the, the, the you were there. Brian John Mitchell's there. Kurt Dins is there, and I'm gonna be there. I don't have anything uh, to sell. I don't. Right. I, don't I'm, I don't have a dog in this race. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna be the three of you guys' table watcher. That's awesome. You guys need a break? I'll sit in for you. That's awesome. These are the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, yeah. Would you like to take one? We should probably do that. All right. Yeah. Yo, Joel, let's kick it on the one black, and we don't stop. Making records of people of code, checking and respect standing because it rocks. The sales won't stop. Those of the doctor, 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 doctor. And I'm the diggy diggy doc, y'all. Pumping it, yes, y'all. DLC on the set, we kicking fresh, y'all. Letting the bass be yo and flow with soul, so I can play. Leaving the rest to DJ Doctor Dre. When I hear a bass drum, I gotta get jumbled some Think it's a fable and label me not able to come Cold correct, so I jet back to my room and invent something to compliment The boom of a kick, cause I want it all like in Monopoly The great all make not a mistake, make sure it's properly done Strictly for public satisfaction, so you're in all when I'm in action Cause overdue, from me to you, was a song strong Bumping the tension from Shiver, your peak level, and if you want it deeper, try y'all go get a shovel, yo. That's your pumping. Your speakers rattle. This is all over the world, but without a satellite, the price I hype the mic, making dumb and Dre is the engineer. 
the lyrics and I'll let the bass go so you can hear it. Bumping your speakers up, bumping, dig it, yeah, you like it. You know the album, get it, and I keep producing and inducing a rhythm with a style that makes you get loose and sweat. Cause I'm as good as you've gotten yet. Some said it can handle, you wanna bet. And I don't understand the misconception. Thinking if you make it, you're going one direction. When you're in flight, yo, you gotta fly high. But so you are born, so you die. It's all an evolution. Here's the rule evolve my meaning and roll in a new school. And learn the tricks that makes the mix dumb. Then be certain to keep the suckers hurting when it comes to a drum. Welcome back. Hear the drummer get wicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> How you doing? I'm I'm good. Yeah. 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 Very good. You? I'm I'm doing pretty great actually. Wow. Yeah. Let's kill each other. <laughs> so it ends on a high note. <laughs> Absolutely. Like the show isn't bad today. Nope. Not We're really. both in good moods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah murder, murder, suicide. Murder, suicide. You first. Okay. <laughs> Let me load my crossbow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's going on? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, kind of want to talk about it, but I don't know if I should. Uh, okay. So, um. You don't have to. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to. Yeah. Things are going well. That's awesome. Things are going well. That's awesome. Okay. It, you, Eric won the lottery. He didn't want to tell anyone. The 5.1 million. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> so, so if you, if he owes you money, now's the time. Uh, yeah. I did not win the lottery. <laughs> uh, I did see Captain America last night, uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. It looks pretty great. It was pretty, pretty great. Yeah. And uh, there, there were a couple of cameos in there from from uh, comedians I enjoy. Oh yeah, yeah. Jimmy Pardo was Batrock. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, sadly. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> there's a comedian by the name of uh, DC Pearson who uh, showed up in a scene. Uh, and I just started cackling, and the, the uh, person I was with had no idea why. Uh, and then uh, later on in the movie, uh, Abed from Community, Danny Pudi, was, oh, wow. uh, was like a S.H.I.E.L.D. tech. Wow. And uh, I was just like, ah! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, really good movie. Recommend it. It looks awesome. Yeah. I'll probably wait till it's on DVD, probably. Yeah. But I don't know. All right. I will say, you know, I mean, it probably helped that there were like three other simultaneous showings at the same time that I watched it, but uh, theater wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And like always, people fucking left like as soon as the credits started. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Maybe they're wanting, they're like, well, when I buy it on DVD, I want there to be something new, uh, yeah, just I in guess. case. There's always features. Well, that's on the Blu ray. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's weird. You think by now, <laughs> right? Someone would have told him. I like, by the way, this is a Marvel movie, so you know, right? After the credits, I mean, like even the non-Marvel Marvel movies have shit at the end. Yeah, you know? yeah right? Yeah, <laughs> and and this is like the eleventh official Marvel right. movie right. at this point. Right. Yeah, all right, it's whatever. Pretty, it's pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, I stay. I, I try to stay till the end of the credits for any movie. Unless, yeah, me too. Unless, like... Ferris Bueller has taught me right, that right. I should stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like when, when I listen to a CD now, ever since Nevermind came out, <laughs> I uh, I don't just shut it off. I, like, I look to make sure, like, you know, that the track is done. Right. You know? Yeah. You never know. Right. There's been some really good... Uh, Hidden tracks yeah, on the CD. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, but anywho... Yeah. Yeah. And then other things happened that were awesome, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah but, but uh, things are going well for you, too? Things are going well. I uh, I had fun yesterday. I went to the Gym City Comic Con. Oh, yeah? The uh, the big Dayton, Ohio thing. Actually, I didn't even tell you this. Like, like last night, we hung out and did some drawing. Sure. Um, it's a thing we do. Uh, yeah. And, and exactly. That is exactly a good point, because... Um, someone, someone, uh, offered me alternate plans uh-huh. at the last minute for last night. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir. Tonight is drawing night. <laughs> I have to draw. And, uh, my alternate plans was hanging out with Kevin Eastman. Really? Yeah. Turned him down to hang out with you. Oh, you made a poor decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't like Kevin Eastman came up and was like, dude, I love Veggie Dog Saturn. <laughs> and, uh, like you, like you're like the new Peter Laird. Like that, <laughs> that did not happen. Um, but Bill, the guy that run, kind of runs the show uh, yeah. at Gym City, he said he was going out with some of the artists last night, and like you know, I saw him at the show, and he was like, he's like, if you want to come by and uh, hang out with us, he's like, it'll be like me and several of the artists and a couple other people, and he's like, well, we're gonna just get some drinks at Cadillac Jacks and just see what happens, and I was like, ah, I'm, I'm doing drawing night, I do drawing on Saturday night, and he was like, he's like, well. But, but I mean, like Kevin, Kevin Eastman will be there, and I was like, I was like, yeah, but I'm hanging out with my buddy, and he's like, well, bring your buddy along. And I was like, I don't think, uh, I don't think that's our scene. <laughs> so, so I was like, piss on you and your billion dollar turtle buddy. No, I didn't say that, but you made a poor decision. <laughs> I do love Bill. Like he's an awesome right. guy. Like. Like he's really cool, and like maybe someday it would be awesome to have him on the show. Maybe someday, um, but it, yeah, I don't know about Kevin Eastman. I mean, 
I'm going to guess Kevin Eastman might not be the most awesome person in the world. I would imagine like 30 years ago he was. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but probably, I bet. probably nowadays. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's a fine person. Yeah. yeah I'm sure he's all right. Yeah. But I don't care to hang out with him. Right. I mean, what would I say? Like, I love turtles. Like, right. He's like, no right. shit. I've heard that a million times today. Right. Like, hey, I once bought a <laughs> shoe of heavy metal. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> Melting Pot was cool. Right. He's like, well, I only heard that 20 times today. That's, right. that's better. Right. But, yeah. yeah. It's like, Congratulations on your billions. <laughs> right. Yeah, was Julie Strain really awesome to fuck? Right. You know, like, you know, <laughs> I don't care. I don't want or need to know that. Right. Maybe Kyle Hotz would have been there and uh, he would have been cool. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. He's probably home with his kids and stuff. He's, probably he's, a, he's a family man. He is. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I. Hmm. If you would have called me and said, <laughs> hey, what would you think about doing this? Oh, I, you would have considered it? I would have considered really? it. Really? Yeah. I mean, nice. i got to imagine that it's just going to be a lot of comic nerd talk, I would hope. Right. Or at least art talk. And a lot of drinking. Yeah. 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 I mean, but, I mean, yeah, I, would, I probably would have said no. Yeah. But I would have considered it. Like, honestly, if, if like, on an, another night, Bill was like, hey, you want to come over to my house and, like, me and you will hang out and drink and talk about comics? Right. I would be way more excited to do that right. than to hang out with Kevin Eastman and Mark Wade. And, right. Like, I would just, like, I, I just feel weird around celebrity-type people because, I, like... Well, they're not really celebrities. I mean, to, to us, they are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. But, yeah, I know, I agree. Like, that's the cool thing about being a comic book celebrity is you can go to a guy like Jackson and just have dinner right, right, and yeah, nobody yeah. will bother you. But, like, I mean, I like... Every fucking day, someone tells them how awesome their work is. Right. I'm not. I like. I don't care to tell them that because obviously they already know that everybody loves them. Right. Um. And then like I don't know them well enough to have a normal conversation with them. Well, sure. You just. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm the last person to try to <laughs> tell you how to have a normal conversation with a human being. Right. But, but yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like I, I just, I just like have zero interest in right. people like that. Like, like I, good for them. I can't have a normal conversation with a person who's a nobody. <laughs> right. He's talking about me. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly you. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, that's cool. Like, I do, like, think Mark Wade and Kevin Eastman are awesome, and I right. love reading their comics, but I couldn't care less about talking to them. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. But the show was awesome. Um, this is crazy. Like, me and Kathleen got there, and, uh, and I was like, I was like, well, I don't, I'm not gonna spend much money today because I don't really have any money okay. to spend. I was like, but I am gonna look for some cheap Valiant comics. Like, that's all I wanna do right. is find some, like, quarter or 50 cent. I was like, the most I'm willing to spend is 50 cents on a Valiant comic. And we walked in and we just randomly, like, just, like, it was like we were gravitating uh -huh. to who knows where. Right. And the first just a box. Yeah, we were yeah. just walking. And the first table I stopped, I was like, well, this guy's got some cheap comics. Like, it was the first table I even looked at. Right. And I was like, I'm going to look here. And he had, like, every fucking Valiant comic. And they and it was crazy. It was crazy. He had, like, <laughs> everything. And his comics were 50 cents each or 50 for $10. Right. So I bought 50 comics for $10, which is, like, 20 cents each. And I got, like... Everything. Like, I got, like, the first appearance of Master Dark and Shadow Man number eight, which I remember selling for $30 at Mavericks. Right. You know, just crazy stuff. <laughs> it was awesome. The first table I went to. And then I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and then you went home. No. 
<laughs> we we stayed about two hours total, but right. I I spent probably about forty five minutes at that guy's table, and right. we just kind of walked around and talked to people. But I would say two hours at a comic convention that you're not attending. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more than enough for me. And that included a smoke break. Like we walked outside, and Kathleen and had a cigarette. Had a smoke? No, I I did like nerd out there and I pulled out my Valiant list and marked off the ones <laughs> there there are still some I don't have he didn't have literally everything right, right. like there's like you know there's a $50 Rye comic that obviously wasn't there but but I mean yeah it was awesome it was so cool cool and it was fun because they were in no order other than by letter uh-huh. so like you would see like Shadow Man and then like Spider Man and then Superman and then Silver Sable, and then Shadow Man again, and, and like it was all random, right? Just by letter, so that's kind of annoying. It well, it is, but I, like I talked to the guy, and he was like, "You find everything?" And I was like, "Well, I'm just looking for Valiant." And he goes, "Oh," and he he pulled out a box like he had stuff separated, kind of by company, uh, company right. and he was just filling up the boxes. Okay, and he he pulled out all of his Valiant for me, and I just went through those, and like <laughs> I found like half my stuff just in his like overflow stash. Nice. But I was like, man, this is great. <laughs> Uh, what store was uh, was that? Was I have a local no, one. Or? I have no idea. I didn't recognize the guy. Um, yeah, I don't think it was local. Um, but I got that, and I got uh, New Mutants eighty five, which has got a Rob Liefeld cover. Okay, as before he started New Mutants. Right. And uh, I got that, and I got just like a couple random books that just looked weird and fun, and then a few books for Kathleen. But, right. Um, Speaking of Rob Liefeld and the New Mutants and uh, Hip Hop Family Tree. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Ed Pisker's a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the panel where he draws cable. It's great. Uh, I can't find it now. But I think it's the page right before that. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, talking about the first appearances and how he spent $9 worth of lunch money to buy uh, New Mutants 87. Right. First appearance of cable. Yeah. And he draws cable. And it's pretty cool. And he says Rob Liefeld is his hero. Yeah. <laughs> I totally respect that. <laughs> As you may or may not have seen on my blog uh, this week, I am going to be working with Liefeld in the future. Yeah. Pretty excited about that. Actually, I guess I can't do an April Fool's joke after April Fool's. No, you can't. But it was my April Fool's post. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody fell for it. No, nobody did. Well, I don't know about Kurt, but I possibly. Um, Kathleen actually thought that I photoshopped my entire body into that photo uh-huh. but i just photoshopped my head onto robert kirkman's body right, right. and she was like she was impressed with my photoshop skills which yeah. um like i don't know like i thought it looked kind of shaky and like i did it in like oh, yeah it's really yeah. obvious yeah, yeah exactly like i think my skin tone's even different than right, the yeah. arm skin tone but um but yeah i was excited that that like at least part of it maybe right, passed right. for uh, a real right, right. Yeah. Uh yeah, you know, uh, I'm uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, April Fools at all. No. Uh, I think it's uh, awful and I <laughs> wish it would go away, especially in the day and age of the internet. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. but yours was uh, at least uh, enjoyable. Right. Uh thank you. But uh the uh you know cuz cuz on March 31st I, I made a Facebook post that uh, remember Tomorrow, people are dumb and will believe anything that they read on the internet. Right. And then I immediately went to my Tumblr page and I saw a thing from Brian Bendis and I fucking fell for it. Oh, what did he say? Uh, he was announcing the return of Amalgam coming out of the events of uh, DC's Forever Evil and Marvel's Original <laughs> Sin. <laughs> and he had a list of creators involved and it was written like a press release and I fucking fell for it. But 
It was March fucking 31st. Yeah. That makes Brian Bendis the worst human being alive. He, or at least a cheater. <laughs> the worst human being alive. You don't do April Fool's the day before or the day after. Maybe, okay, here's my devil's advocate. Because I posted mine on March 31st, but I scheduled it to go up at 1 a.m., uh-huh. Like after I went to bed, that's fine. Maybe he tried to do that, and he just ended up at scheduling things on the posts. No, he did it at like seven thirty in the evening. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and he's on the west coast, so yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't do that bullshit. Yeah, that's before, that's, that's bad. That's bad. Well, I, maybe yeah, yeah. He's probably hoping I get a bunch of attention on April first, but yeah, right. that's cheating. Yep, it's cheating. Fucking pissed me off. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to not read anything else that he ever does. <laughs> fuck that guy. Oh, you know. I'm still going to read stuff. Yeah. Else, but I'm now jaded. Because <laughs> I fucking fell for so it. So if I would have posted mine on March 31st and you fell I for it, fell you, for <laughs> you never would have <laughs> read Veggie Dog Saturn again. Yeah. But you still would have skinned them in for right. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what else could happen? I got a job. Yay! <laughs> finally. I finally caved in. I was like, you know, it's it's time to press my nose back to the grindstone. You, you said you were going to take six months off. Yeah. Well, okay. It's so, been more like eight. So, for the, for the, for the listener that may not know, mm-hmm. you worked for 22 years at a comic shop. Right. And then quit to take a job at a uh, a school. That's right. And you lasted three weeks three, there. Th- uh, two weeks and four days. Two weeks and four days. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you have been unemployed purposely. About, yeah, purposely about eight months. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I quit there. And, uh, yeah, so I figured... And you live with your mom. I live with my mom. Yeah. I live with my mom. Well, now you can at least earn some money to move out. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Because... I well, I figured, you know, if I'm gonna go back to work, I need it's like quitting smoking. You just all or nothing. Uh-huh. You can't just like pussyfoot around. Right. So I took a job that I will be working two days a month because I figure that's about as much as I can handle. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean it's probably like eight to ten hours per day though. Right. So uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. upwards of twenty hours <laughs> in a month. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be paper boy. I'm gonna be paper boy. <laughs> uh, no, the magazine that I my amazing comic comic book strip appears in my strip is Revolve, and the magazine is Telephone. Comes out twice a month, and the uh, the publisher asked me if I wanted to be one of their delivery guys, and I was like, sure. <laughs> so so every other Wednesday, I'm going to be delivering uh, delivering magazines. Nice. Yeah, yeah. On you know, but they're made out of newsprint, so it's kind of like I'm a paper boy. Yeah, really? live with my mom. Right. I'm fucking Chris, Chris Peterson. Yeah. yeah. Chris Peterson, yeah. Chris Peterson, right, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Chris Elliott's actually really rich. <laughs> right. I don't know about that. But, but he's, he's awesome. Well. Yeah. And uh, uh, employed. <laughs> right, gainful employed, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't live with his parents, I'd no, imagine. Probably so, not. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, if you've ever seen the TV show Get a Life, that's me. Yeah. 
I'm thinking about shaving my beard so at least I have one difference between me and the main character. Right. Uh, well, you have hair. I do have some hair, but I, I think I've got like a, a nickel-sized ball spot now, right. which will probably be a 50-cent piece by the time this airs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going away. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty excited, though. About the bald spot? <laughs> about the bald spot. I've always wanted one. No, like about uh, delivering the papers. Yeah. Because right. it doesn't involve customers. Sure. I get to drive around, right. listen to music. And get paid for it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, right. but I, on, on, I do sounds like something one might do to supplement another right. job that they would have. Like if they were a, a cartoonist or something, a struggling cartoonist. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think I'm gonna have to take another part time job too. Uh, I don't think this one's gonna cut it for to pay the rent. And right. Stuff, right. So. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited though. Congratulations! <laughs> I'm becoming a TV character. <laughs> and what better one to do, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I do occasionally feel like my life, but not often enough, is written by Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, feels feels about right. I mean, some people could strive to become like you know, Magnum PI <laughs> right. or something like that. I do love that stash. And uh, live in a, in a mansion in Hawaii, but you know, some people decide that uh, they're gonna live in their mom's basement and deliver newspapers. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, six of one, half a dozen. I would kind of like to live like Riptide if me and you and Joe G could buy a, a, boat? a, a boat and a robot and solve crimes or something. That would be amazing. That would be cool. Yeah. I want to be the one that hangs out with the robot on the boat, though, okay. while you guys go out and do the action-y stuff. And, That's fine. Like, I'm get, good with that. I mean, you guys will get laid a lot more than me. Sure, so, you yeah. Know, you know, so there's there's a plus there. I'm, I'm down with that. I mean, there's bullets. Fine sure, there, right. You know. I mean, it's worth the risk. Pros and cons, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like robots. I mean, as long as Joe and I get to spend some time with the robot, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's usually, like, a funny scene towards the end of the show right. where we all hang out with the robot and something weird is said and then the credits roll. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're down? That's our new lives. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> well, I figure at the rate that I'm going to be earning my money, <laughs> I'll be able to throw in on the boat in about 2057. Sweet. I mean, my portion. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yeah. Great. No, yeah. That, that gives Joe and I time to also save up. So right. it's, it's all yeah. good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, I got nothing else that I really want to say out loud. So uh, Okay. You just want to whisper it in my ear? I'll whisper it to you. And I'll do sign language to the viewer. Okay. The listener. Okay. Dirty Sanchez? What is that? You were supposed to sign it. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, Stick your finger up uh, a button. Wipe uh, it on her uh, upper uh, lip. Oh. Okay. Gross. <laughs> well, I guess it's, uh, I guess we're done talking about hip hop for the day. So did you learn anything? Like, are you now, are you gonna, like, you know, become totally Immersed in hip hop and uh, not totally immersed, yeah. but uh, I mean, you know, again, you check out some more stuff. I'm gonna check out some more stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, like I checked out a few things. I don't think I'm gonna buy any like albums by anyone no, no, no. that I read about. But um, well, I don't buy albums anymore. Right. Yeah. 
But the equivalent of. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some interesting things in there, but I am way more excited about the second volume. Because oh, yeah, me too. I feel like it's going to be like... A, a, it's in our wheelhouse. Yeah, 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 just like the time we grew up and the yeah. things we're interested and familiar with. So, so uh, more nostalgia for. Yeah. yeah, but if you're into hip-hop, or even if you're not... Right. It's so good. It really is. Yeah. Like, like it's it's a fun read, if if not a little overbearing at times. Right. At least yeah. early on. I think yeah. I think after like 30, 40 pages, like I was so used to it. Uh, then it also starts focusing more on just a specific set of, right. of the people. That's rather true. than just introducing person after person yeah. after person. Yeah, that was that was like the worst part for me. And I think if you have like you know, which I'm sure you do, uh, a bigger grasp on hip hop than the history of than right. than Eric and I, then you'll 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 move right along right. a lot quicker with it. I mean, yeah, I'm still gonna love metal more than I do hip-hop. But. Can you imagine, like, if Kurt Dins did a Metal Family Tree book? That would be great. Do that, Kurt. Do it. Kurt. <laughs> Kurt. I'll help you research it. Yeah. If you draw it. I'll, I'll help you fund your Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, exactly. I would throw in some <laughs> Kickstarter money for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm going to get paid, like, probably upwards of $200 a month. <laughs> like, almost. Before taxes. So You don't know that for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so hip hop family tree yeah pretty great pretty great so uh, movie time movie time it's a groovy time it is groovy movie time let's watch Twister the Bill Paxton Helen Hunt mm-hmm. uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman vehicle no oh <laughs> I'm referring of course to the other one with Crispin Glover William Burroughs and Harry Dean Stanton that's not a real thing. It sounds like a fever dream I had at my 12th birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it exists. What? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I guess I can't veto because I don't know what it is, but uh, <laughs> all right. Awesome. Uh, maybe we could watch it separately. And then I'll accidentally watch the oh, uh, Bill Paxton, right? The uh, Yandabant yeah. one, yeah. 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 Uh, it's all that's a great movie. Yeah, like you know, it's one of your favorites. It's one of my favorite. I mean, like, like I'm not trying to be like ironic or right. off. You know, this is not April Fool's. Like, I fucking love the movie Twister. Right, I've seen it. I'm sure thirty times. Right, you know, but but not, not this, the one. Not the one right. we're about to watch. Okay. I've never, yeah, I've never seen that one. All right, yeah, Twister, yeah. The other one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the older one. It's like from the 80s, I think. Okay. Late 80s. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll do that next week on the podcast. <laughs> Is that copywritten? Or did you just sample it? I sampled it. DJ Jazzy Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy Pardo break beats. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Pardo's coming to town. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah Are we yeah. going to go? We're not I don't know. Go. I don't know. It's April 18th or 19th. Yeah? Uh, is it after the the show airs? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. then we'll find out by next episode. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. No. Well, I guess we'll make a decision whether we're going to go or not. Right, right. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see yeah. We'll see what's happening. We'll, we'll see what uh, maybe some other people say about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We... We'll, we'll gain some uh, some advice. Yeah. I might be working that day. Is it on a Wednesday? It's not on a Wednesday. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even if it is on Wednesday, I'm 50% right? chance yeah. of being good. <laughs> All right.
right then. All right. We'll uh, see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information, links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.